on the food truck phase. One, what was it like building a food truck? And then two, give me the ins and outs of like the scam. Like what? <laughs> How did you lose it all? Like, yeah. what, what happened there? Here's what happened. So I met him on through Facebook. We had a loan. We had our own cash. So we put down the 20 off of the quote. There was no contract. First mistake. Dang. What's up, everybody, and welcome to The Future at Work, a show where we give you a glimpse into the future of work through the lens of the founders that are building it as they build it. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to the first ever episode of Future at Work. I am so excited. I have a ton of exciting plans for the show and many exciting guests to go along with that. My hope is that we speak to the human behind the technology and the innovation. So we're going to, one, have tons of fun. We're going to be real. And we hope that you can take away at least one small gem from each episode and with each founder. So since this is the first episode, I couldn't think of a better way to introduce the show and even introduce myself than to have my favorite founder, Devin Michael, on the show with us today. If the last name isn't a dead giveaway, Devin also so happens to be both my co-founder and my younger brother. So if you don't love this episode, you know exactly who to blame. Uh, but all jokes aside, I hope you enjoy it and get a glimpse into both his story and our story uh, behind Qualify. And I can't wait to bring you more founder interviews just like this one throughout the rest of the season. So without further ado, let's get into it. So why am I here? <laughs> I think that's the <laughs> great question. Yeah. Um, what is this? This is... The Future at Work, this show is aimed to bring a new lens to the audience that we serve. Those ICP are people generally in the recruiting space, talent acquisition leaders, recruiters, uh, some human resources, individuals. And what I feel is wherever they're learning from, they tend to have a lens of, you know, specific to their industry, like recruitment. But I feel like the work that you and I get to do, that a lot of our peers get to do, is really interesting, intriguing. We're on like the cutting edge of things, and we're trying to change the way that people work. And so I feel like the conversations that we have behind the scenes, as we're thinking about new product, as we're thinking about where we want to take our business, and I want to give a window to people from the lens of founders that are like behind the scenes building the products that hopefully people love, you know, hopefully these talent acquisition leaders, hopefully they love working with us. And I think they do They love working with other products and other companies. And so um, I think the idea is to bring that to light in a unique way through these conversations. I guess my follow-up question to that is like, why is this the, the thing you want to do from podcast? I'm like, like for me, obviously I have a podcast through qualify it's higher quality, but that's speaking to talent leaders, which is like the typical way that people, yeah. company founders, like do podcasts. They talk to their potential customers or whatever yeah. it might be, right? Why did you go a different route and go for like talking to your peers? Yeah, no, that's a that's a good question. And yeah, like the format of the show is that I'm going to try my hardest to exclusively talk to only founders. So that's the, that would potentially even exclude you know some business leaders that are leading, mm. you know, TA tech companies that may not be the founders. So I'm, I want to talk to the founders that kind of started from ground zero with their company and have taken it to whatever lengths they've taken it. A lot of the 
guests that I've been able to interview so far are still in like the very early stages, probably like similar to us or maybe even a step ahead of or a step behind us and a step ahead of us in terms of like kind of the stage of the company. But um, for me personally, the thought was this is just like one I could have those conversations all day. I wanted the conversations to be really authentic. I want them to be organic and I find whenever I get to talk to other founders that it tends to be that way. I wanted to be myself behind the mic. I wanted to give people the real me. And I felt like uh, maybe if I was trying to uh, sell anything, like if I was talking to a talent acquisition leader, I personally might try to put on a good show and not be my authentic self and maybe not be real. Part of the journey of being a founder is that there's a lot of highs like that we get to celebrate and probably broadcast to the world, but then there's a lot of lows that maybe get unnoticed. And so I wanted to be able to be real and authentic and like share those personal stories. And I want my guests to feel comfortable to share those stories as well, because building a company is not easy. Building a company of value is especially not easy where your customers love the products. They may not know all the ins and outs. One with like, the actual technology, but also the human aspect of that, what goes into that. So I wanted that to come to light. And I think for me, getting a chance to talk to founders, there's that like instant shared camaraderie where it's like, I don't know everything that you've been through, mm-hmm. but I can easily imagine because I've been through a lot of it personally. And so you fit the mold of that. Yeah. <laughs> and so I get to, uh, so that obviously I said, you know, part of the reason, you, you know, that you're, here today is to kind of set the groundwork for, uh, you know, launching this show. Um, but I think the other big piece is like twofold, one year, well, threefold, one year a founder. So you <laughs> check the box there. Um, you are secondly, my co-founder. And then third is a box that no one else gets to check is that you're my brother and we get to do this together. And so I think it would be, I think it's really special that we can, have that conversation. We've told our story in different ways, different formats, probably a, a bunch of different times. But I think this time Hundreds. we get to kind of do it uh, in our own way. And yeah. I don't think we've truly, in any of those, we kind of touch high level on a lot of like kind of the key milestones and key points in the journey, but we really haven't like fully unpacked all of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, what do you remember about? The beginning of <laughs> of qualify. Ooh, for me, I go like strictly my side of the beginning. I was doing the food truck at the time when I when you called me about not about qualify. I think qualify is probably the second thing you told me about in the call. Yeah, but it was the thing that stood out. Obviously, um, where were you at in life? Like, kind of yeah, set the scene for. I was. For I was a year or two out of college. I'm not sure which full-timing my food truck business that we had started in college as a senior in college and i would not say happy doing it but i was doing it and it was cool like you know we were choosing the twenty thousand dollar job or ownership over the sixty thousand dollars starting job right Mm -hmm. we were just going at it like we were going after it trying to make this thing a reality and um i think we had just kind of lost a lot of steam when we had put an investment in for another like an expansion food truck and lost that money from a scam like the guy 
<laughs> scammed us out of our food truck. So we lost a lot of money there. And we're like starting to look for ways out subtly um, while still doing it. So that's where I was in life. I was in a relationship with my now wife and she wasn't graduated yet. So I had like space. She's going to school. I had time on my hands because the food truck was systematic. I didn't have to be there every day. And even if I did, it was at night. My days were really relatively free. And at the time too, Deshaun and I were doing like side work for minor senior helpers, senior care and running that territory. And then also designing for Deshaun's web development projects. So I was learning how to design. I guess I didn't realize that you, you guys are actually working together. Yeah, we were working together. Like it was, he was teaching himself to code and I was teaching myself to design. So it was all the timing was like divine. Then this idea came about about qualifying. I was like, yeah, I mean, this makes sense because of my senior care side, which was hiring and operations and sales and all these things. And so I was like, yeah, I see the vision here. And then I can also start to design around it. So like you had your designs from whatever that tool was that you were using to prototype. I was able to start taking those and like making them into what I thought were the dopest, coolest (laughs) designs at the time. I I definitely remember similar like early, not even just early days of qualify, but just like early days of being an entrepreneur. I would consider it more of like the entrepreneur phase of doing the things that you think every entrepreneur, like you said, like a business model canvas, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a business plan, all these different things that kind of don't matter in the, in the early day. Yeah. They're not helping you get customers that kind of don't really matter. I wanted to go back on the, on the food truck phase. Um, one, what was it like building a food truck? And then two, give me the ins and outs of like the scam. Like what, (laughs) how did you lose it all? Like what what happened there? I look back on those times and just thought like me and Deshaun and uh, Chris, my brother-in-law, who was also our GM, we just always look back at that time and we're like, this is the best time of our life. Because like, <laughs> it was literally the 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 reality of feeling that things were so simple then. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I had made $20,000 a year and felt amazing. I was very happy um, with that. We were like, okay, we got to keep going. And we had a vision to get to like 10 trucks within like five years. Mm-hmm. We were going to go to IU and we felt like we were going to have a really good success there. Like we had already built the following a little bit and scoped out where we were going to go, where the food truck would be stored. We had everything right, like kind of worked out and we were going to get a real truck. We had a trailer at the time. Yeah. We wanted a truck, like a, like you a, know, a UPS already. one. <laughs> Here's what happened. So I met him on through Facebook. He had like a Facebook page for his business. Legit. We scoped out the truck, everything I needed. It was like uh 40K. We had a loan. We had our own cash, our own cash, which was 20 grand. And then a loan for 20 grand. We um, put down the down payment. You have to do half. So we put down the 20 off of the quote. There was no contract. First mistake. It was off of a quote. And at the time, I didn't think anything of it. You know, looking back, it's like that was the dumbest thing ever. But he was doing the build and he sends his component. Like one piece of the truck, which is the hood system, I believe, gets sent to another supplier to finish the build and then it comes back to him. Well, the other supplier had a fire and it smoke damaged everything in the warehouse. And so what we think happened, still don't know, the dude legitimately goes to this. Like he told us what happened 
And then we were trying to get our money back and work things out. And he just like ghosted. And so we think what happened is they had an insurance claim and they wanted to keep the money. And I think that our supplier pays that supplier. So he lost money. So he's taking our money to capture his money back Dang, is my best guess. But but you never heard from him again. Never heard from him again. Jeez. It was unfortunate, but I think it's a lesson learned and we stayed open still yeah for another year and a half and then we decided to sell just because we were here in indianapolis and we're like doing qualify at this point full time yeah or close to like we got to get rid (laughs) we can't keep doing this like we got to get rid of it so basically sold it for parts but yeah one acquisition (laughs) (laughs) hey exit your exit that's a check What was it for you? You already kind of touched on like what it was for you to like get started with Qualify, but like what resonated really well and what still resonates for you at this moment in Mm. terms of what we do and why we started the company in the first place? Yeah, I've always kind of thought I'm somewhat agnostic to what I'm doing. I never thought I would do food. I would never thought I'd do HR tech. I definitely thought I would do tech. I'm not passionate about anything in technology. A lot of people talk about like, if you're not passionate about what you sell, then like, don't sell it. And I think that's somewhat true. Like, I think I'm passionate about things that make a difference and like work. Yeah. Like work and you notice that is what drives me. Like when you can see time saved and like talent gained, like that kind of thing. That makes a difference. If it was something not tangible, I think I wouldn't be as excited about it because it's like, how can I prove that this is worth buying? Building something that works and does like fulfills a promise is pretty dope. Like you start with a vision of it working and then it becomes real. I think that's where the passion comes from. Not the I've always been in recruiting for 20 years in blah, blah, blah. If if founders were only that, we'd have nothing good. I feel like we need people from other spaces to like come to optimize but yeah that's just my opinion but the first time i saw a recorded voice go through i believe it was through a phone call but maybe not it might not even been that deep it might have just been like the recorded voice outputting somewhere else and then being able to reply i thought that was like yeah like this is it you know but then obviously when we got keenan and saw the like real thing come to life that was like the definite moment yeah and then I'd say when I was able to test it with senior helpers and collect just one interview, like a real person, like it was like someone truly trying to get hired was pretty cool. Yeah. This might be a good opportunity to break down. Like what is qualify? How do you describe it? Like what does the business do? How I describe it to people is legit changing as, as we speak. So I'll try to do my best at the moment when I'm workshopping it. So just bear with me audience, but now qualify is an end to end screening platform focused on primarily high volume recruiting um, and we help basically companies discover talent faster and hire them smarter. So we do phone interviewing, scheduling, candidate scoring and live interviewing. So each one of those things has intelligence baked into it, but more focus is on speed. I think like some companies focus lean heavy towards like the IO psychology and the intelligence, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. We've leaned more on like, hey, ROI, speed. My thing is speed equals higher conversion. So like the faster you can touch base with candidates, the faster you can create these touch points, the better you'll hire people. So yeah. I think we lean more towards speed than we do intelligence, but we have both. Yeah. The right amount of both. Speed kills. Yeah. And like relating it back to, you know, that first 
aha moment for you, like collecting the interview. When we started, it was just phone interviews. Phone yeah, interview. it was just phone interviews. At its bare minute, like literally recording a response. Like, yeah. There was no transcription. There was no keywords. It was simply, it was a white screen with a name on it. Uh, five play buttons and the question that was asked so you can play their audio to the question you asked them. Yeah. That was it. But it was still at that moment, still an efficiency driver. Like you still didn't have to schedule and have a, even a 10 minute conversation. It was two minutes of listening to these responses and then making a decision. So from the very beginning, we've been driving efficiency, which I think is really important. Like we never wasted time. Like, we wasted time with what we did, but we never wasted like the recruiter's Other time. time. Yeah. <laughs> we definitely wasted time. For sure. When you look back, so like we've been at this now for about to be six years. Yeah. yeah I want to say it's probably been like closer to seven, like total time of like tinkering and like where do you feel like you have created the most impact for the company? I'm doing this in the most humble way, but I feel like I have the best lens of our customer from most angles. Um, maybe not as much that margin is probably thinning. I'd say like there's people in the business that are really almost as strong as I am with that. But because I'm sitting in a founder seat and like hearing products, hearing customer success and service, hearing sales, there's not really one other person in the company that gets to hear all those angles. So that puts me in a really unique and tough spot because like I'm the balance of priorities which sucks sometimes because you have people that like in our company they're like this is their priority but it might not make sense right and this you know so even with you like i have to do it with you too so yeah yeah i'd say generally speaking revenue or go to market but i feel like it's limiting too yeah how was it i mean you mentioned me how 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 would you describe working one with me, how would you describe working together? Yeah. Like those maybe two slightly different questions. I, I think it's fun and it's uh, rewarding. I don't, I feel at peace working with you. I guess it's the main thing. I don't feel like afraid to voice anything. I don't feel afraid to say anything. I feel authentic. Yeah. Which is good. And I feel like we work well together for the most part. There's been very few occasions where I felt like, Probably never where yeah. I felt like there was like actual tension. I've never felt that personally, but I can, I know there's been moments where I'm like frustrated about something, but it's so like small stuff. Yeah. But I think we have a balance of in this company, strategic is you, hands is me. I have come to accept that freely. I would do the strategic thinking for the group that I serve. Yeah. But like from a company's, like a whole company standpoint, I start to like really trust your vision there. It was your initial idea and like it's your quote unquote baby, whatever that vision is. I feel like I'm, I'm the executor to that thing. Like that's how I see myself with me and you. And then the real important piece is my assessment thing is the campaigner. So like my job, my role in life is oh, to get you. people excited oh you're saying like your personality score <laughs> yes. assessment like what what it came yeah. for you is yeah. everything i've taken has given me that one thing and i've like run from it for a long time like that gives me nothing yeah. like everyone else is getting like ceo and entrepreneur <laughs> and like all these cool ones that you can make a job around 
Yeah. Minus to get people excited. Yeah. <laughs> like, but it, I see it at play a lot. Like, it, whether it's with my team and like saying like, like getting them lifted up and like excited about the mission or the new strategy or whatever it is, putting, making sense of what you say for other people is like really easy for me. Yeah. And I think it's challenging. Yeah. It's, there's it so many times where you get miscommunicated and it's so easy for me to be the in between and be like, nah, here's what, he here's what it is. Cause there's a, <laughs> y'all are definitely on this wrong page. Just, just be on my page. Cause I'm on Darren's page. Yeah. That's like, yeah. That's like the biggest thing that I've learned about not even being an entrepreneur. I think being an entrepreneur gives you like a special seat at the table for this, but learning how different people actually are. Uh, I think hiring people, I bet a lot of the, when you're interviewing people, you start to learn like, oh, I would have answered that question way differently, <laughs> but it's not wrong that you answered it in the way you did. It's just, mm-hmm. that's not my answer. You know, and like you start to like realize, oh, like I am unique yeah. <laughs> in a certain way that I think, especially the way that I communicate. Like I know like we've learned that even recently with some of the like strategy that we're, you know, starting to implement and how I've communicated. I'm like, yeah, people should just get this. Like they should be excited. Mm. <laughs> they should get it. And it's like, no, it takes some like wrapping around, like what it actually mean. And then like the motivation side of that is a challenging thing too. And I think you do a good job of distilling what I'm saying and breaking it down for people to understand. And like you said, activating, yeah, and getting people. That's my thing. I sung, maybe it was you. I was like, I haven't felt more energized in like eight months than I do now. Yeah. about our business in the sense of like new strategies and things like that like when you set up you put words on a screen which doesn't give anyone what they're doing and you're not supposed to like yeah. you, you're trying to set the vision and like trust the team and there was that gap and i'm like That's i me. can feel that gap <laughs> <laughs> like that gap has been filled and i think it's a really cool experience because it's like i feel like once people have a little more direction they can go yeah like it was just it's like layers. Like it starts with you, then it goes to me. I can make sense of it and like say like, okay, let's just focus on these few things right now, and then they can go and do that. Yeah, like that really was cool. Yeah, we've been through a lot of challenges together as a company. Period. What stands out the most to you is something that we've been over to been able to survive. I think when we talk to our team, something that we basically say all the time is. It's never been easy and it, yeah. it is not going to start being easy now. What stands out to you is like one of the biggest challenges that we face as a company or maybe even you personally within the context of the company has like had to battle. Really battle through. I think seed extension was probably the most challenging for me mentally and probably for all of us. Yeah. Like company. We started the fundraise, which for people that have never fundraised before, they tell you to like plan for like six months mm. of like fundraising. We started with three months of runway before we were literally out of cash. We made the actual decision to do that. It wasn't like an accident. Like we knew we had three months and we were like, we need to try to put ourselves in the best revenue position to like shine. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So that was very tough for me mentally because I was at that time to me, finances were like, so superior in my life like now i think i tell you this i'm like i lose everything today i feel okay like i feel blessed and highly favored like i still feel like god has a plan for me so like that is now my priority and i have a family 
like a legit family. Like yeah. I have a child, I have a wife that love me. <laughs> Money is not the thing for me. Yeah. But at that time, I was not financially like not secure. That's not what I'm saying. I probably was fine. It was more of like mentally, like mentally secure with finding like how I viewed money was a little bit flawed. So this was all weighing really bad because yeah. I was like, I'm not going to have a job. And if I don't have a job, I have nothing. Like I cannot find a job. <laughs> You're like, I'm not like, gonna be I don't have work. a skill. I don't have a job title that matters. Like I have nothing. Like I'm going to be stuck yeah. and failing. And then I'm a failure. So then I'm a failure to my friends, my family. And I look bad. And it's like, oh, yeah. it just goes out in the and A lot of hole. your friends are like doing some like cool Killing stuff. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, gosh, dang. And it was that comparison thing, too. It's like it all just was boiled up into one moment, which was like, we're running out of cash. Right. <laughs> but that's how you do the game. We were probably a little bit off, but like relatively, like we were doing it like everyone else in startups. So I think overcoming that and like at the time we had signed a huge deal, too, which was like really dope show yeah so i think overcoming that and going from not thinking we're gonna do any of this and we're done after december it's always december oh it's a great time and then to oversubscribe the round was like really cool right i think that was really dope i look back at the things we've overcome so i was like what have we not hit and like figured out so Mine's very similar. It's always uh, it definitely stems around fundraising. I tell people now, it's like, I feel like I've developed it into a skill. Like I feel a, a lot more confident whenever we have to fundraise, which hopefully is not for a while. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I I don't like it. Um, it's, it's tough because like I'm a person that likes to just do a lot of heads down work. And this requires a lot of like being face to face all the time, doing meetings all the time. Um, you don't have time to like actually breathe and like mm -hmm. do just thought work and also the stress of like real money situations like for mine was actually when you're first starting to, trying to get things started i had gotten laid off from a company that i was at before that i helped build and qualify at the time it was just like a side project it was the thing that we were tinkering with behind the scenes and we were like yeah at some point this will start to take off on its own and then we can like switch job. Like the thought was like, yeah, we can figure out qualify and get it to a point where it's running. It maybe be like, I don't know if we thought it'd be like a passive income stream, but like, we probably had some idea of yeah. like, Hey, we'll get rich off of this. And like, we'll have our day job still. <laughs> I do remember because at the time the founders, like the founders of qualify, we all would meet at like 8 PM on like a Monday or Tuesday online. And I had to let y'all know like, Hey, this is now my full-time job, basically. <laughs> I remember that. Because <laughs> I just lost my actual job. So I don't know what that means. We got to start moving, or at least I'm going to have to start figuring things out. And I never fundraised before, so it was really challenging to figure out that piece. And I had two kids, so I had the full family. I, was, I am the sole breadwinner. I remember simultaneously feeling a ton of confidence around what we were doing, why we were building it. But then also like this constant looming yeah. cloud of anxiety of like, literally I'm racking up debt as we speak every single, <laughs> every single every day, day, like to live was just racking up debt for a long time. And hindsight, I would never do that again. I would never start a company in the same context. Part of me looks back on it. Like, that was like somewhat of a badge, maybe like of like a of an yeah, entrepreneur <laughs> story now that you can wear. Yeah, like I had that that badge of honor that you know different entrepreneurs can share and talk about their 
horror stories. I just remember that being really tough and going to like one of our earlier investors and be like, hey, can I get another check? Basically, he was like, no. And he wanted me to like figure out, he's like, I want you to not be stressed on the personal financial level. So that way you can think through the company more soundly and all that sort of stuff. And it like hit really real at the time. But then I also still not having a way out. 2023 has been really challenging, but like there was a time where we had literally nothing i had no money coming in we had no money coming in yeah no it doesn't get worse than that no customers we've been through a lot worse on the flip side though we now have built a really cool company one that i like i talked about earlier had has brought people real value um and people love it like i think that's been one of the big motivating factors for me but i'm curious do you have a favorite recruiter story um yeah, anything mm. that stands out to you in terms of impact that you've been able to see and motivates you or just any particular, you know, case. The two that I think of are originally ROI Solutions, a call center company. They switched to qualify. They well actually they had tried video and then stopped and they're doing manual and switched to qualify. And they saw a fifty percent decrease in no shows to their next interview after using qualify versus when they were using video and i thought that was really cool i was like man it's like that's a lot of people and then there was another company that did like 50 percent of a recapture of people they couldn't get to on their phone calls so i'm like oh something there uh those two in the call center front and then i think of the most recent one that is exciting because it was also scary is sell sales and it's because they switched directly from a competitor in video to us and they're like we're leaving this competitor because we're getting the 16% response rate. Yeah. We want to see it doubled or more. I'm like, first of all, that's not fair, but you just want to beat it. But yeah, you know, I'm, I'm over here. Like I know we get better than 16%. Like we do. Yeah. There might be like two customers that don't in the life. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, I feel pretty good that this is going to be fine, but I still had that angst about it. And we launched and doubled immediately and it's still increasing. So those are the ones that I think of when it's like they have kind of used automation and it failed them and then used us and it is working. Yeah. I think is really dope. And then the, the customers are always going to be Reed Health and Mutual Omaha. Like it's, it's just always going to be them yeah. as far as like the initial trusters of us. Yeah. Like you know, for founders, they're founding customers. Yeah. yeah, we don't get them like we're not a company, I don't think. Like No that's crazy yeah. yeah on that same like thought path what i hope to do with this show is obviously tell these stories but given the unique insight that every one of the founders that are going to be my guests have like they are studying this every single day they have unique perspective you have unique perspective what is it that you know you see or that we see from recruiting teams or talent acquisition leaders that quote get it right like mm. how can others get it right based on our vantage point or your vantage point. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think the one of them is like separating them, their thoughts from their candidates thoughts. Like I think a lot of where I, I guess it's easier to answer where they get it wrong. And I'm probably I'll shout out Des cause he's kind of seated this thought, <clears throat> but where they get it wrong is thinking that they're like their candidates. They're not like a VP of talent is so farly. So, so different than a field employee or yeah. 
CNA or whatever. And so when I hear them saying like, we prefer, yeah, like if we prefer to do it this way, that means nothing. Like you preferring this is potentially you losing, right? So like the people that get it right is our candidates prefer, our candidates prefer speed. Our, our candidates prefer a seamless experience. Our candidates prefer a positive yeah. candidate touch point, right? So uh, our candidates prefer not to be ghosted, like things like that, right? So not looking at it from the lens of like, what does our business want? Right. Because that's how you push people away. That's how you lose people. That's how you lose good opportunities with good talent. But when you look, put yourself in the position of like um, the candidate, just like as me as a salesperson, I'm not thinking about myself i'm thinking about you and your buying experience right yeah. so you really do have to like flip the narrative of what you think is right yeah so the people that are getting it right are the people that are aligning themselves to their candidates better and that's like similar to advice that is pretty common in startup land and founder land is like you are not your customer yes like so when you're building a product you know don't just build what you think like build what the customer wants exactly. and needs and like voiced or has signaled in some way. So that's, that's yeah. really good. Um, I have no idea where we're at on time on this. <laughs> I'm sure we've gone way <laughs> over, over, Easily went over, but, um, this is like a taste of like what to expect. So I'm really glad that we got to do this, um, as you know, brothers leading a company. Um, I think it's a perfect start to, the amazing guests that are going to be on the show. Like I said, we're going to have like really amazing founders. Some are friends of mine. Some I've gotten to know uh, over years and some I'm, I will just be meeting for the first time and getting to like learn more about them. Uh, but this one's really special. One of the things that I like to do as a send off is obviously this being the future at work. The kind of send off is first the future part. Do you have a prediction for the future and the way that I do this is it could be about anything. It could be about yourself. It could be about the company. It could be about the industry or the world. I'll just go with all the things that popped up in my head. Cause <laughs> you said myself. So I'm going with myself. Yeah. I good. predict that I will, uh, have another child in 2025. I would predict that I will move in 2024. And my, like another one on myself is I predict that, Somewhere in the distance, feature, distant feature, future, I will be a full-time track and field coach. And then for the space, just to make it interesting, I'd say I predict that 2024 will be a big year of automation adoption, but not too much, right? Like, I think it's, I think it's coming around and I think people are hip to the fact that they're going to be behind if they don't. Yeah. We should have more time to drill in on the, the track, <laughs> oh, a lot of the track and field, especially. Cool. So that's the future. And I skip to work. What is your favorite thing about work or what you do? My favorite thing about work is that it doesn't consume me anymore. Like my life is more important. I've put work in its proper place. And then beyond that, I love creating from scratch, from scratch, like from a blank, pl blank page, I think is the where I do my best work when I can just like free flow. And it's also where I get most of my pride and more work. Like if I came up with something from scratch, I feel really proud of it usually. Nice. So, and then lastly, where would, with the at sign, where would you love people to see you find you mm. at? Find me on all platforms now. 
<laughs> uh, I am a content creator. <laughs> but no, uh, LinkedIn is the easiest. It's where I post the most. Technically not, but it's where I post the most insightful content. I'm real opinionated, real loud about speed and hiring. That's like my thing. And so check me out, disagree with me, and I'll disagree right back. Or you'll listen. No, I'll listen to. That's great. Well, awesome, man. I, I'm sure we'll have more conversations like this in the future, but appreciate you for joining. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to this episode of Future at Work, brought to you by Qualify and created in partnership with Share Your Genius. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app and you can connect with me on LinkedIn where we can continue the conversation from there. See you next time.